Well, a very good Friday afternoon and welcome into the David Glenn Show. My name is John Fokey as we continue the Voices of Carolina and uh, wrapping it up here on a Friday. John Fokey with you as the uh, new radio play-by-play -play voice of the Charlotte Hornets. And uh, uh, probably not a familiar name or a familiar voice at this point as uh, only been on the job and down here in the city of Charlotte since uh, early June. So uh, we'll give you a little bit of background about me where I come from and uh, just how excited I am to really dive in uh, to Charlotte Hornets basketball this season and coming up in this hour we're going to talk some NBA and throughout the show we're going to be talking NBA we're going to be talking uh, professional basketball including the WNBA I've got some background in that and we'll talk to one of the front runners for rookie of the year uh, coming up in the uh, one o'clock hour so we got a ton to get to including Marvin Williams of the Charlotte Hornets he'll be joining us at the bottom of this hour. So first off, uh, John Fokey. It is, uh, like I said, a name that's not very familiar and, and probably a voice that is not very familiar to many listening across the Carolinas today. But uh, I come from Minnesota. I've spent the last 12 seasons as the executive producer and studio host for the Minnesota Timberwolves. I was also the play-by-play -play voice of the Minnesota Lynx and enjoyed just a, a tremendous run with that Minnesota Lynx team as they won four championships during a seven-year span. And I had the uh, absolute honor of getting to call the 2015 and the 2017 WNBA championships, which both went uh, the full five games. So we'll talk a little bit about that. And then, of course, on the Timberwolves side, spending the last 12 seasons as the executive producer and studio host, been around the NBA uh, covering the league for a very long time. And so uh, very excited here when I got the opportunity to step in and take over as the uh, radio voice of the Charlotte Hornets. It's a, a dream come true. And I know, uh, as with all the broadcasters and the voices of Carolina who have sat in over the last couple of weeks as David's been on vacation, uh, it's a dream for all of us uh, to get an opportunity to call games as a, as a professional and call games on a regular basis. So uh, really, really excited for this opportunity here with the Charlotte Hornets and to continue covering the NBA. It's a league that I grew up loving. I know some folks, uh, you, you start out in basketball or you start out, you know, loving a college team. And then maybe you uh, graduate from there to loving a college team and a pro team. But for me and my family, uh, we sort of bypassed loving the college game and just jumped right into the NBA uh, in the mid-80s is kind of when we got into it. And for all of us, my two brothers, an older brother and a younger brother, it started with the NBA. And it started with the old VHS superstar mixtape uh, videos. And so they were uh, highlights set to music. You know, you think of the Michael Jordan one, and it was Take Your Breath Away. And it was uh, the, the slow-mo. I mean, it was probably the first time video ever used, like, slow-mo and uh, we just absolutely ate that stuff up and immediately became NBA fans. And so for me, that's really where it began was watching those videos, identifying with uh, those players, those teams, and that grew my love of the NBA and so watched it all the time. And at a young age, uh, remember watching, it was the Eastern Conference Finals, the Detroit Pistons were playing, and I uh, remember the scene opened, and there's Marv Albert getting ready to set the stage. And I looked at that, and I said, man, Marv's got the best job of anybody, like sitting courtside for the best games and, and getting to watch that. And as a fan, like, that's what you want. You want to be sitting courtside. You want to be there for the biggest games. And so uh, probably at that age, I don't remember exactly how old I was, somewhere between 9 and 11, you probably still have visions of, 
oh, maybe I can play in the NBA. Well, those visions died pretty quickly when, when I stopped growing. So uh, from that point on, it was how do you make a living and, and be around the NBA? And I wanted to do it the way that Marv did it. Uh, growing up as a Minnesota Timberwolves fan, we are lucky enough to have some great broadcasters. Kevin Harlan began his career calling games uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Tom Hanneman was another voice that was around a lot. Sean Grandy, who's now the voice of the Boston Celtics. And so just some great broadcasters came through Minnesota uh, that I got to listen to growing up. And it just fueled my love for broadcasting and my love for the NBA. And so... After going to college and starting my career, as many broadcasters did, in a small town covering high school sports and doing a little bit of everything, uh, I had an opportunity to work for the Minnesota Wild part-time for a season and uh, worked my way up to calling college sports for Northern Michigan University. I was doing Division I hockey, uh, Division II football as, as an analyst, hosting pregame shows, filling in, doing some basketball. And then an opportunity opened with the Minnesota Timberwolves as a producer in 2007. And it was an unbelievable kind of twist of fate to be able to go back uh, to the city that I grew up in, to the team that I grew up watching and rooting for, and, and really start to begin my career as uh, at the professional level with a professional franchise like the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Minnesota Lynx. And so spent the last 12 seasons covering those two uh, franchises and uh, also spent some time during that stretch working for the Minnesota Twins part-time in their radio network. So I've had an opportunity to really see the game and, and see broadcasting from a lot of different sides, whether it's in the studio, uh, behind the scenes, editing, cutting, producing, running the board uh, for basketball, for, for uh, the Minnesota Twins of Major League Baseball and the Minnesota Wild of the NHL and just get, uh, get to see the game and see the broadcast from a lot of different areas. So after 12 seasons in Minnesota, incredibly excited to begin a new chapter here in the city of Charlotte with the Charlotte Hornets. And uh, one thing that's kind of funny, I was just talking about this on the Locked On Hornets podcast yesterday, but uh, Kevin Garnett, face of the franchise for the Minnesota Timberwolves for, for many, many years, got traded to the Boston Celtics one month before I started working for the, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Get the job down here in Charlotte, come down. A couple of weeks later, Kemba Walker signed and trade to the Boston Celtics. So I don't know if it's me or I don't know what would happen maybe if I got a job with the Boston Celtics. Would everybody just leave? Uh, but just a little ironic coincidence there, uh, coincidence there. And so we'll talk more about that. We'll talk more about this Hornets team. We're going to talk more about the NBA offseason. The Hornets schedule is out. we got a lot that we can touch on with that. Uh, but we're going to take a quick break. And coming up very shortly, one of the biggest stories in the NBA this off season was Kawhi Leonard and Paul George landing with the LA Clippers. So we're going to talk about that with longtime radio and now television play-by-play uh, play -play voice Brian Seaman, who's stepping into the TV chair for Ralph Lawler. So we'll talk about that story coming up next with Brian Seaman. And at the bottom of the hour, Marvin Williams will join us, uh, Hornets forward and former UNC star. So we'll talk about uh, the Hornets, uh, the schedule, some of the new additions with Marvin at the bottom of the hour. But next, Kawhi to the Clippers. Brian Seaman joins us right here on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David, it's great to be on. It's wonderful to, to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people in North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show. 
Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. It's our Voices of Carolina tour. John Fokey with you, taking over as the uh, new radio play-by-play voice of the Charlotte Hornets. And I uh, gave a little bit of background about myself in the first segment, but joining after 12 years with the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Minnesota Lynx, covering the league since 2007. And uh, one of the big stories throughout the league this offseason has been uh, player movement. We saw it right here in Charlotte with Kemba Walker going to the ball. Boston Celtics in a sign-in trade that brings Boston back uh, Terry Rozier. We'll talk more about that coming up at the bottom of the hour when we're joined by Hornets forward Marvin Williams. So looking forward to that. We'll also talk about the schedule. The NBA schedule was released earlier this week, and so we'll talk about how things look in terms of the Hornets schedule. And one of the big things that you look at when that schedule comes out this season for Charlotte is a trip to Paris. That'll be coming up in January. So uh, we've got that to talk about with Marvin Williams coming up at the bottom of the hour. But we talked about uh, player movement being a big topic this offseason. And joining us right now over the phone is Brian Seaman, the newly minted L.A. Clippers TV play-by-play voice. Spent the last few years as a radio voice of the Clippers. And, of course, Brian, the biggest story in NBA free agency involves uh, the Clippers. And uh, it, it involves Kawhi Leonard and Paul George coming to join the L.A. Clippers. So uh, from your seat, how incredible was it to watch this unfold sort of in real time as a member of the organization? You know, it was really great because I've been here for a while. So I've been on both sides of the tracks. And, it's you know, a lot of people talk about market size and destination places like Los Angeles. But for 25, 30 years, the Clippers were a place of destitution. You know, this whole process started really two years ago in Ernst with Lawrence Frank taking the helm of the, uh, you know, president of basketball operations. And you won't find a guy that will be outworked. Uh, he's a terrific communicator, brilliant basketball mind. that just put forth a plan to have this place become a destination and hired a great front office staff. So, you know, for me, having seen behind the curtain and knowing how this place was run 10 years ago, and that's not to say that those who were here weren't qualified for their jobs. They very much were, but there were just a handful of them. And now you've got, you know, a dozen or so people. So for this to come to fruition, that was where my first thoughts went, where, where the front office and how well, you know, organized they've been and how they've maintained the culture that Doc Rivers has set. And, you know, then, of course, I went to the fans. I mean, they've gone nuts. They've gone crazy. They've seen their team dissed by the Laker fans over so many years, and understandably so. And now they're having a chance to kind of spread their wings a little bit. So needless to say, it's a great time to be a Clipper. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know what I think is so interesting is watching the evolution of this franchise from Lob City, which at this point seems decades ago, but we're not really that far removed from the Lob City era into what Doc was able to build last year with sort of a, a scrappy, uh, no superstar based team that became a playoff team, even though uh, you made some changes during the during the regular season. Yet that group still played together, played hard. You talk about that culture that Doc Rivers is building and so you go from Lob City era to this most recent era into the Kawhi Leonard Paul George era and uh, being able to make those moves Brian without really sacrificing too much in the short term while keeping an eye on the long-term vision I think has been fascinating to watch especially for me from afar you know the, the my favorite part about all this aside from having this organization now have a great deal of respect around the league from other fans and certainly players 
is that people now really remember just how great of a coach Doc Rivers is. I think mm-hmm. he took a lot of the blame unfairly for, you know, the pitfalls with, you know, you mentioned the Lob City era. And now that we've had time and the dust has settled, you realize they just weren't good enough. You know, they just weren't. Golden State was the best team ever assembled in 2016 up until this last year. The Clippers were never going to get through that. They had a couple of opportunities, but they just weren't good enough. Doc was able to rebuild the culture. He came into that situation, and the culture was already a bit sideways. He did everything he could to make it work. To me, it's a bigger surprise that they got to the second round than it is that they didn't get out of the second round now that we're hearing some of these things that went on during the Lob City era. But now the culture is set, and it's the way that everybody is in line in terms of you know, their philosophy is they want a tough-minded team, and that's what they've got bunch of tough-minded players and Doc Rivers as you mentioned I thought was a magician last year 48 wins they beat Golden State twice on the road in the playoffs without a superstar the best bench in NBA history in terms of scoring production didn't get touched in all these trades that were made for the Clippers to build this now with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on paper it sounds like it's going to be a home run but you've got to put pen to paper and you've got 82 games to prove where you're at and then the real season begins in April so like I said, it's a good time to be a Clipper. Everybody's looking forward to the playoffs, but I hope the Clipper fans that have been here for so long appreciate the process to get to the postseason. Brian Seaman joining us, LA Clippers television play-by-play voice. And uh, when we started out, Brian, you brought up Lawrence Frank and his front office. Uh, that front office has gotten bigger and bigger and uh, brought in some of the, the brightest uh, minds and names, uh, up-and-coming names, really in, in terms of NBA front offices. And then at the same time, you brought in maybe the, one of the greatest front office guys uh, ever in Jerry West as a consultant. So uh, in terms of the front office, do you think teams are going to start looking at how Lawrence and this Clippers group have built their front office, and it's a copycat league. Do you feel like teams are going to start uh, looking at how they built their front office and trying to, to find ways to replicate that in different markets across the league? It's a great point to bring up, and, and I think this question goes to ownership, and that, that question is how dedicated are you? Because the front office has no salary cap. You know, mm-hmm. you can only pay players so much, but you can do whatever you want with a front office. How dedicated are you to winning? How talented is your front office? And you mentioned Jerry West as a special consultant. I think he's worth his weight in gold and then some, not only for his insight and his incredible knowledge that I think, I would say this, he might be the smartest man outside of Dr. James Naismith when it comes to the game of basketball. I really believe that, and maybe more so when it comes to evaluating talent. Mm -hmm. And then you have his reputation. So, I mean, like, that brings so much cachet to the table. Um, But don't forget, this is a team effort. But it goes down to Steve Ballmer wants to win, and he wants to have this become the model franchise. There are owners out there that will be willing to look at how the Clippers are doing it, and the Clippers looked at other teams and saw how they were doing it, and they've almost modeled themselves after that as well. It goes down to how much the owner wants to win. And it's, you know, you can say, well, it's easy because Steve Ballmer's worth so much money. To me, that's like his third or fourth best attribute, if you really want me to be honest. His leadership is number one. His desire and competitiveness is number two. And, and I think the most, I will say this, the most important thing that he has is his ability to allow basketball people to make basketball decisions as unpopular as they may be trading Blake Griffin after you've given him a five-year max contract just months later 
trading your leading scorer to buy a terrorist and fan and locker room favorite and doing it because you saw the bigger picture. It comes down to ownership, John, in, that, in, in my mind. It, it, it's all about how much they want to win and how much willing uh, are they willing to spend on a front office where there is no cap space. You can do whatever you need to do to be a winner, and I think that's the backbone of all successful franchises. Brian Seaman joining us, television play-by-play voice for the L.A. Clippers. The Hornets will see this new-look Clippers team uh, right out of the gate Monday, October 28th. It is a uh, matchup in Los Angeles uh, at Staples Center. It'll be the second end of a back-to-back for the Hornets. they got the Lakers first, followed up by the Clippers. So a big start to a, the first road trip for the Hornets. And, uh, Brian, as, as you look at uh, Staples Center and that back-to-back that Charlotte's going to be going through, uh, the L.A. Lakers, not the only – or uh, the Clippers, excuse me, not the only team that made some moves this offseason. Anthony Davis ends up with the L.A. Lakers. What's the vibe around the city in terms of the rivalry and just how much fun and, and how competitive things could be between these two teams this year? Well, there's a lot to unpack there, and I know we're limited on time because the Lakers, this is their town. Don't let anybody tell you differently. This is still a Laker town. But for the first time in the entire existence between the two organizations, and this is, I think it's awesome, is that they both have equal goals that are realistic, and that is to win a title. These two teams aren't hoping to make the playoffs or hoping to advance. LeBron James, Anthony Davis, those guys are expecting to win a title, and so are the Clippers. And so the four regular season games at Staples Center, and they're spread out nicely throughout the year, opening night, Christmas, I believe there's a couple after the All-Star break are going to be absolutely bananas in a great way. Like I said, the Clippers have been kind of the the delinquent in that equation as far as having championship aspirations. Of late, the Lakers have struggled. They're both on even ground. They both have equal star power, and it is going to be awesome. The vibe is, you know, Lakers don't want to give up their territory, so they're dismissing any kind of positive news by the Clippers. Clipper fans feel like for the first time in forever – that they get to boast about their team and having legit championship shots. So the fans are having a good time. I think the players are going to love it, and I think the league will be better for it. The city of basketball, the city of Los Angeles, is going to be kind of a basketball mecca, I think, for the next couple of years. And you'll have a front row seat for it. The new television play-by-play voice of the LA Clippers, Brian Seaman, joining us. Brian, thank you so much. Good luck this upcoming season, and we'll look forward to seeing you in early October there at Staples Center. Well, I'm excited for you, John. I don't think the Charlotte Hornet fans know just how great you're going to be for the franchise. Uh, truly, I think one of the better off-season acquisitions in all the league, John. <laughs> I mean it sincerely. You know where I'm coming from. I wish you well, buddy. All right, thank you, Brian Seaman, joining us here. Television play-by-play voice of the L.A. Clippers. And fun to talk about that Clippers-Lakers rivalry, which Charlotte will get uh, to see, like I said, early on in the season. Their first road trip at L.A. to face the Lakers Sunday, October 27th, and then the Clippers the following night on the 28th. The Hornets schedule is out. The Hornets active in the offseason as well. We'll talk about that coming up next when we check in with forward Marvin Williams. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. I made a reference to Mike Krzyzewski of Duke and his GOAT status. And I kid you not, I got angry emails. If I really wanted to insult somebody, I would include some kind of sentence about being in the bleeping prairie chewing on grass. This is the David Glenn Show.
Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. It is the Voices of Carolina Tour. I'm John Fogey, the new radio play-by-play voice for the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, coming to you from the city of Charlotte, Darren Vaughn is in our studios back in Raleigh. It is Hornets Day, and coming up, we're going to talk with Marvin Williams about this uh, new-look Hornets team that is, of course, moving into uh, transitioning, I should say, into a new era. Kemba Walker this offseason headed to the Boston Celtics in a sign-and-trade that netted Boston Terry Rozier in the draft. After the Hornets were able to pick up P.J. Washington, a forward out of Kentucky. And then in the second round, Cody Martin uh, from Nevada. Of course, he's got local ties as well. Played uh, some of his college ball at NC State. Grew up just outside of Charlotte. So uh, things, uh, it's going to be different. It's going to be different without Kemba Walker out there. When you think about the impact that Kemba has had on this franchise, on the court and in the community. Uh, but very excited to see what this group can do. And uh, looking forward to Terry Rozier joining this organization. We saw what Terry could do in a Celtics uniform. And uh, he's a guy that when given an opportunity as a starter, really ran with it. When you think about a couple years ago during the playoffs, when Boston got all the way to the conference finals, Terry stepped in as uh, the Celtics were ravaged by injury and Terry uh, raised his level. And when you go back and look at his splits as a starter versus coming off the bench, uh, he really excels as a starter and he's going to get a huge opportunity here in a Charlotte Hornets uniform. So looking forward to uh, transitioning into this new era, seeing what Terry Rozier brings, seeing the strides that some of the younger guys like Miles Bridges, Dwayne Bacon, Malik Monk, Devontae Graham, what those guys, uh, the next step that they take in their careers. And I think you can go back to the end of last season. And, you know, for me, uh, spending the last 12 years in Minnesota with the Timberwolves and the Lynx, got to watch the Hornets from afar. And one of the big stories towards the end of last, year, uh, last season was the Charlotte Hornets team making a run for one of those final playoff spots in the Eastern Conference. And so even though I was in Minnesota, we kept an eye on the Hornets quite a bit to see that group uh, try and fight and battle all the way down to the final day of the regular season and unfortunately uh, didn't end up going their way as they were battling with Detroit and Detroit stole that final playoff spot in the East. But I thought we saw some big strides out of some of those young guys and excited to see what they can do in the future. And, and really, I just love the way these last two regular seasons have gone in the NBA. Go back two years ago, it was the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Denver Nuggets. The Wolves got off to a great start. Uh, they were a top four team for much of the season. Jimmy Butler gets injured. Uh, team struggles through that. They find themselves on the final night of the regular season facing off against the Denver Nuggets. And it was a winner-take-all uh, scenario. Basically, game goes to overtime. Minnesota wins. They get into the playoffs. Denver doesn't. Uh, this past year, Charlotte and Detroit, again, uh, the Hornets make a late run. They get in the playoff picture. They get themselves right there uh, at the end of the regular season, needing a little bit of help. Uh, unfortunately, it wasn't set up exactly the same as it was in Charlotte versus Detroit for that final spot on the regular season. But each playing in their own separate games, and unfortunately, uh, didn't work out for the Hornets, but it was still a fun way for the regular season to wrap up. And so uh, looking forward to seeing what this season has in store. And again, we're trying to connect with Marvin Williams uh, to break down some of that. The Hornets schedule is out. If you haven't checked it out, head to Hornets.com. You can take a look at the entire thing. You can download it, uh, start to script out what games you want to come to, uh, what games you're, you're excited about. And so uh, we're looking forward to that. And I think when you look at the schedule, you can break it down uh, 
so many different ways and you can look at it from uh, where are the big road trips and, and what does the holiday schedule look like? What is uh, going into the all-star break? What is coming out of the all-star break look like? But um, we're going to talk to a couple of folks from the Hornets organization, James Borrego, head coach and Cody Zeller about this coming up in the next couple of hours, uh, what they look at uh, when they break down the schedule. But in terms of getting off to a, to a good start, what Charlotte's got right out of the gate, I think uh, you like the way it looks, at least early on. A couple of home games against Chicago and Minnesota, October 23rd and the 25th. And then you've got a West Coast road trip. And when you're talking about a new team that is trying to come together and forge an identity, uh, they're going to be tested right away uh, with a West Coast road trip. As I mentioned before, they've got the Lakers and the Clippers in a back-to-back October 27th and 28th, then head up to Sacramento for a game with the Kings on the 30th. The Kings are a team on the rise. And then you wrap up that road trip with the Golden State Warriors November 2nd. So maybe you're catching some of these teams, the Clippers and Lakers uh, and Golden State for that matter, as they try to transition in some of these new pieces and they aren't quite there. You might have an opportunity to steal some games against those teams. But overall, the fact that you're going to be on the road for that stretch right out of the gate uh, with each other in hostile environments and all those things, I think it'll do wonders for this team as they try to build chemistry, camaraderie, and forge that new identity. And then coming off that road trip a real fun stretch at spectrum center as they face off with the indiana pacers and then the big matchup november 7th uh kemba walker and the boston celtics return to spectrum center it'll be a tnt nationally televised game tipping off at 8 p.m that'll be a ton of fun expecting an incredible atmosphere and then you follow that up with zion williamson and the new look new orleans pelicans to round out the three-game homestand so a fun stretch of basketball uh, really right out of the gate from the end of October through about uh, mid-November and then it picks up again with a five-game homestand in December against some very good competition you got Golden State coming in December 4th the Brooklyn Nets Kyrie going from Boston to Brooklyn uh, Kevin Durant ending up with the Nets as well but obviously he won't be healthy by then and then a very good up-and-coming Atlanta team and uh, Washington is in that five-game homestand as well and then you move into February, and February is interesting. It's very road-heavy. In fact, NBA.com uh, had a breakdown of the schedule, and as far as the Hornets, they said from December 11th until the end of February, Charlotte will play 21 out of 33 on the road and or in Paris. So really, December into January into February is going to be a tough road-heavy stretch for Charlotte, and it includes that game in Paris uh, January 24th against the Milwaukee Bucks. It'll be locally here in North Carolina. It'll be a 3 o'clock tip-off. But when you get through that schedule, uh, through those couple of months, you hit March, 10 out of 15 at home, with the bulk of those coming on the weekends. A Sunday matchup with Milwaukee and Giannis Antetokounmpo. A Saturday matchup with Houston, which brings in James Harden and Russell Westbrook. You've got Cleveland coming in on a Friday. Uh, a great stretch at the end of March, the 19th and 21st, a Thursday and a Saturday where you've got Philadelphia and the LA Lakers and then you've got the LA Clippers coming in on the 28th and the season will wrap up for Charlotte uh, April 15th at Philadelphia so there's some great matchups all told 17 of the home games will be on the weekend so you can bring the family down you can plan your trips it's going to be a ton of fun as we take a look at this schedule and one of the things that I brought up early with regard to getting off to a good start it's not just key for Charlotte but according to again this uh, schedule breakdown from NBA.com 
getting off to a good start is key for every team in the league. When you take a look back at the last 20 full 82-game seasons, the records through 20 games are very telling. And that's why, you know, you hear coaches say all the time, it's important to get off to a good start. You hear players say it all the time. It's important to get off to a good start. But really, how important is it? Is that just coach speak? Is it player speak? Well, according to the numbers, it's actually really important to get off to a good start. In the Eastern Conference, over the last 20 full 82-game seasons, if you had 12 or more wins during those first 20 games, 91% of those teams made it to the postseason. If you had 11 wins during that stretch, 72% of those teams made the postseason. 10 wins in your first 20, so play 500 basketball, 66% of those teams make the postseason. If you've got nine wins, 60% of those teams make the postseason. And then it gets interesting. If you've got just eight wins in your uh, first 20 games through the regular season, only 28% of those teams have rebounded from that and made the postseason. Seven wins, the number drops to 24, and if you really struggle, there's one or one through six wins through the first 20 games. The probability of getting into the postseason uh, drops to 7%. And so uh, it's, it's not just coach speak. It's not just player speak. It's, it's not just a cliche. It is truly important to find a way to get off to a good start if you want to make uh, the postseason. And, you know, the numbers are very similar. I'm just talking about teams in the Eastern Conference. Numbers are very similar for teams in the Western Conference. So we'll see how Charlotte can do as they uh, head into this schedule. Again, a couple of home games to kick things off. Then that four-game road trip. Uh, then they've got a stretch of three at home and then kind of alternate and then a four-game East Coast road trip in November as well. So some opportunities there. We'll see how Charlotte can do as they transition into this new era. But again, I think the uh, the big marquee matchup that everyone's going to be looking forward to is going to happen early in the season, November 7th, against Boston. Again, a TNT game. And if uh, you can't make that one, or for whatever reason, the Hornets will host the Celtics on December 31st as well. A great way uh, to really move into your New Year's plans. It'll tip off at 3 o'clock here at Spectrum Center. So you'll be wrapping things up around you know, 5, 30, 6 o'clock. Perfect to get yourself to some dinner and then enjoy your New Year's Eve. So great, great schedule. Again, you can download it. We've got all sorts of content and uh, breakdown of the schedule at Hornets.com. Check it out there. And while you're there, be sure to look into uh, season ticket members memberships and the fantasy pack if you can't commit to a full season as a, a season ticket member fantasy pack gives you an opportunity to line up 23 games that work for your schedule so all those details are at hornets.com i'm john Fokey, the radio play-by-play -play voice of the charlotte hornets you're listening to the david glenn show david is on vacation this is the voices of carolina and uh, coming up here over the next couple of hours we're going to be talking all things hornets including one of the newest charlotte hornets franchises that would be the 2k team hornets venom gt uh, this is a new venture for uh for the Charlotte Hornets. They'll begin, uh, begin play coming up next season as uh, the 2K season really starts in the spring and runs through the summer. We'll check in with their head coach and general manager, Big Wes. Uh, coming up also in the 1 o'clock hour, James Borrego, head coach, will join us as uh, we talked to him earlier this week, Matt Ruchinski of Hornets.com and I 
and we went through the schedule and talked about how he looks at it as a coach. Also in the 1 o'clock hour, we'll transition and talk some WNBA basketball. Nafisa Collier, one of the front runners for Rookie of the Year uh, with the Minnesota Lynx. She will be joining us as we try to talk all things basketball. And in the 2 o'clock hour, Steve Suatoa, the president of the Greensboro Swarm, will join us as well. Uh, so we're looking forward to getting to all of those. And, of course, uh, we'll take your thoughts. If you want to join the conversation, use the hashtag on Twitter, hashtag HornetsDayDG. That's hashtag HornetsDayDG. Or you can call the program as well, 1-800-849-2761. That's 1-800-849-2761. So we've got a lot to get to. We'll continue uh, to talk about this Hornets team and, and get your thoughts on it. But it's definitely going to be different. And, and I think it's going to be a real fun season for fans to get in on some of these young guys as they start to take the next steps in their career. Uh, Summer League was a blast. Um, this was my first opportunity to check out Summer League over the last couple of years covering the league. Uh, during the summer, spent my seasons, uh, spent my summers calling play-by-play -play for the WNBA's Minnesota Lynx, who never had an opportunity to go out to Vegas for Summer League. And just a couple of weeks ago, was out there with the Hornets, and it was arguably one of the biggest Summer Leagues, as you had Zion Williamson and R.J. Barrett facing off in that first game on Friday night, and the earthquake that happened, and all the off-season trades, and the Kawhi Leonard news breaking during that time. Uh, but if you are a fan of basketball at any level, and a basketball junkie, You've got to get out to Vegas for Summer League. It was just an unbelievable experience. I mean, you've got players, you know, superstar players just wandering around. Everyone's in a great mood. They're taking pictures, stopping to chat with fans, signing autographs. You could be sitting in this tiny gym in Cox Pavilion and look across, and there's uh, LeBron James, or there's Anthony Davis, there's DeMar DeRozan. I mean, superstars, Donovan Mitchell, uh, superstars in this league just hanging out, watching these, uh, watching these games. And then, you know, we talked about uh, Jerry West as a special consultant with the L.A. Clippers with Brian Seaman earlier on the program. Jerry West is there. Uh, Lawrence Frank is there. I mean, the, from front offices to head coaches to legendary players to uh, current players to young up-and-coming players, it is just like a candy store for basketball junkies. And it was so fun uh, to be able to sit there and take in all that basketball. So if you haven't had an experience at Summer League yet or you uh, haven't, been able to to make your way out to Vegas for it, put it on your bucket list, uh, plan for it next season because it is just an unbelievable, I mean, basketball mecca. And being there on the Friday night when you had lines coming out the door for folks to try and get in to see Zion against RJ, uh, it, it, it was like nothing I'd ever seen. I mean, it, it was like, I don't even know how to describe it. And, it was like all-star game type feel to it, the way that people were so excited about that matchup. And then you throw, you know, the craziness of the earthquake and everything else on top of it. Uh, just a real wild, wild experience. But super fun. NBA Summer League, put it on your bucket list and uh, make your way out there next year. But we'll talk more about some of the performances that we saw in the NBA Summer League, specifically these Hornets players, Miles Bridges, Dwayne Bacon, and... Uh, uh, Devontae Graham and how those guys stepped up and used Summer League as a great stepping stone in their development. We'll get into that next as we continue right here on the David Glenn Show. 
Adam Jerome Robinson, are you a hugger or a handshake guy? H- how does it work if Adam Silver is waiting for you? I really don't know. I, I hope it's not awkward. <laughs> um, you know, I hope it's not like a hand-to-hug-to-hand kind of thing, but I don't know. I might just mess around and just hug him. No hands. I think he's so. a hugger. You're listening to The David Glenn Show. This is the David Glenn Show. It is the Voices of Carolina Tour. John Folkey with you here, the radio play-by-play voice of the Charlotte Hornets. David is on vacation. Darren Vaught is back in our studio, and today is Hornets Day. So we're talking all things Charlotte Hornets, as well as uh, some of the franchises associated with the Charlotte Hornets, including Hornets Venom GT, their new uh, eSports team, which will be competing in the NBA's 2K League. We'll talk more about that coming up just past 1 o'clock as a Big West the uh, coach and general manager of that team will be joining us. It's uh, very interesting uh, to learn about this new 2K team and really this 2K league. So got a lot of fun stuff that we'll be talking about with Big West coming up just past 1 o'clock. Also in the 1 o'clock hour, head coach James Borrego. I had a chance to catch up with him earlier this week. Uh, Matt Richinski of Hornets.com and I sat down with the Hornets bench boss to talk about the schedule as uh, that came out earlier this week. Head to Hornets.com to get all the details and download that and then also in the one o'clock hour we'll talk some WNBA basketball one of the front runners for rookie of the year Nafisa Collier former UConn star current member of the Minnesota Lynx will join us as uh, we talk WNBA basketball and transitioning from your college season right into a professional season at the WNBA level so all of that is coming up in the one o'clock hour looking forward to it this is again the David Glenn show it's the voices of Carolina tour wrapping things up uh, you can join the conversation at any time on Twitter just use the hashtag Hornets Day DG or give a call 1-800-849-2761 so as we headed out of the last segment talking about summer league and just what an unbelievable experience it is and really how it has become a must-attend event you know this summer league i remember way back when and this was you know in minnesota way back when stefan marbury was drafted i remember going to uh the summer league game uh, that they had, and it was uh, Stefan Marbury against Bobby Sura. Um, and so, I mean, that's how long ago this was. But this was before Summer League became such a big thing like it is in Vegas or the one that they've got in Utah. There used to be one in Orlando. This was teams basically just held scrimmages. And I want to say it was Minnesota against the Cleveland Cavaliers. And we all went down. It was free. You could watch the game. Uh, but Vegas Summer League is on a whole other levels so uh it's very it's pretty much must attend if you are a basketball fan an nba fan uh, or a college fan you want to see some of the guys that are just coming out of of college that have been drafted or trying to make teams line up a trip out to vegas for summer league so we are talking about the hornets and their performances in summer league i thought we saw some really encouraging things from guys like miles bridges dwayne bacon and Devonte graham as well as cody martin who was drafted in the second round this year and as we talk about that we'll go to the phone lines wayne in greensboro uh, he wants to talk about this hornets roster wayne how you doing and, and what do you got uh hi john welcome to the neighborhood here thank you uh what I was uh, need some more information on was uh, uh, on my uh, Facebook page. I constantly see these additions of uh, free agent signings, 
most of these are non-guaranteed contracts. Is that correct? And are they just getting an invite to uh, to preseason camp? And my second question concerns uh, the guy that was uh, a draft and stash from a, a draft before last, the Koboka guy. I hope mm-hmm. I ain't butchering his name, but. Arnie. Why why was he sent back to Europe and not given a contract? Uh I really liked what I saw in the summer league and was disappointed when I read that they decided not to to leave him in the US. And I'll I'll listen to off the air. Thank you. All right, thank you, Wayne. Thanks so much for the call. Yeah, a couple of uh, a couple of points to get to there. Uh, as far as the guys that you're seeing, uh, you know, the the press releases for guys like Joe Cheeley, Josh Perkins, uh, Thomas Welsh, and these guys that are are being signed right now, and the announcements that are being made. You see a lot of teams do this. Uh, they're going to load up uh, with players for their their training camp roster for the preseason, and some of those players might end up in Greensboro playing for the Swarm. So at this time, a lot of teams are starting. Starting to you know bring in guys that are going to compete and guys that they want to get a look at and uh, players that they think hey uh, maybe they've got an NBA future but they need to get seasoned in the G League and uh, so you're seeing a lot of teams do that and I think this is a great way during the uh, during the training camp uh, in the preseason to look at these guys and then determine whether or not you do want to bring them onto your G League team so that's uh, why you're seeing those guys uh, get signed right now in a of course, the Hornets already signed Robert Franks to a two-way deal, and so he'll get to spend some time with the uh, with the main club, but also spend the bulk of his time uh, with the Greensboro Swarm, and the Hornets do currently have one two-way contract still open. Uh, as far as Arnie Koboka, I thought Arnie put together a, a pretty good showing in Vegas as well. Arnie's a young player, and I know in listening to Mitch Kupchak talk about him, during summer league, Arnie didn't get a whole lot of run last season with his team overseas, and so uh, he was able to put on some weight. He was able to get stronger, spend time working on his body uh, during that season, and then he came over and he played well here in in summer league. But at the same time, he needs to be able to play, and he needs to continue to grow his game in live action. And so I think that's the big reason why you see him headed back. Uh, overseas to hopefully link up with a team where he's going to get an opportunity uh, to play a lot and continue to grow his game. And so that's, you know, one of the things when you draft guys in the second round, uh, you hope that you can find someone that you can develop and, and maybe you develop that player uh, locally in the G League or you stash them overseas and let them get an opportunity over there. This is the David Glenn Show. I'm John Fokey. It is the Voices of Carolina. We'll continue talking NBA 2K after the break. Coach Lou Holtz is joining us. What can you tell us about those four seasons in Raleigh? Everybody from North Carolina calling us Boo You and Agriculture You. And I remember walking in the press conference saying, I want everybody in the state to understand agriculture is better than no culture. Stay with us on the David Glenn Show. 